Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Please now to welcome Taylor Jenkins to the program, of course, the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. Taylor, here's kind of where I want to start. I'm born and raised here, and so I've seen every iteration of this franchise from the good to the bad. The one thing that has stood out to me about this period in time, stability, continuity, can you actually feel that? Because, you know, you're heading into year four. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, you're likely to become the second leading Grizzlies coach in terms of number of games, and that's in year four. So, like, to me, it's just striking to see the, the amount of continuity here. Yeah, I think the continuity is uh, at all levels. Uh, it's, it's obviously with the front office, Zach and his leadership. You know, I've had the same coaching staff now going on, uh, you know, my four years now. Uh, there'll be three in a row. Uh, and then, you know, our players just identifying that core, uh, understanding who we want to invest in, you know, through our draft process. You know, so many of our players are coming through our draft process. Uh, it's been awesome. I mean, stability is what you strive for. If we're going to have sustainable success for many, many years, you want to identify that core, front office, coaching staff, even our performance staff, the same, same thing can be said. But then at the end of the day, our players, you know, the leadership we have with Ja, Dez, you know, JJ at the forefront, um, those guys leading the charge. But then you look at all the other guys we've drafted. You've got, you know, DB, you've got Zaire, you've got Brandon Clark, you got X. It just goes on and on and on. So uh, stability is something you always strive for. We've been blessed for three years, and hopefully we can keep that uh, stability, you know, moving forward. When you look at, you know, you have year one, and it's your first opportunity as a head coach. And then year two is like coming off of COVID. Okay, what is this year <laughs> going to be? You know, exceeds expectations. And then last year, you know, you start the season, you find out, okay, Dylan's probably not going to be here, and you're having to juggle a, a roster for much of the season and then to finish second in the West and then to win a playoff series and then, you know, essentially get within one game uh, of playing for the Western Conference Finals. But as you head into year four, what do you think kind of defines it for you personally? You know, to me, you know, we've kept it simple. I mean, obviously all the things you just listed out are phenomenal. I mean, the, the, the leaps that we've taken from year one to two, two to three in my three years here, you know, I truly want everyone just to focus on finding their best versions of themselves. So, I mean, we're far from that. I mean, obviously, hopefully we, we host a championship trophy uh, when it's all said and done. But are we motivated by, you know, throughout the summer, individually getting better, coaches, myself, um, I still have ways to get better. You know, our coaching staff, our performance staff, we're always trying to find ways to become more efficient um, and invest that care factor into it. So, 
for me, who knows what the win-loss record is going to be, what your seeding is going to be, what the end result is going to be. Obviously, coming off a, a historical, you know, Grizzly season last year, but uh, I think our guys are truly motivated not to rest on their laurels, not be satisfied, to really maintain that chip on their shoulder and just continue to find ways to be excited as we've been in my first three years every single day to be the most competitive team, most together team all season long. So we'll, we know we're going to face our challenges. That's what the NBA season is always going to bring your way, uh, but we'll be able to figure out as a collection, you know, of players and staff together to figure it out to have another great year has it felt that way to you where each year feels different because obviously from our perspective narratives come into play even though i hate narratives but <laughs> in general like you know it's it's kind of the natural aspect of it but has each year felt different to you? Absolutely. I mean, you can just <laughs> strip it down and just talk about the COVID impact for sure. I mean, it, it's had its impact in all my first three years here. Um, but, you know, you look at your team internally, the growth, um, there's going to be new opportunities for different players. Your roster is never going to be the same year to year. You know, each guy is going to fast track their development at different speeds. So that obviously plays into how you're going to navigate the season. You look at the league and as a whole, but you look at the Western Conference, your, our own division. I mean, the, the league's just getting stronger and better and deeper. Um, so that's how we kind of construct our, you know, our, our mentality going into every single year. Is despite all that stuff, we're going to focus on being our best versions of ourselves. So uh, we know we're going to have our challenges, but we always know we're going to be able to figure it out. Um, you know, that's just the nature of the season. Things are going to be a roller coaster at different stretches, but can we find stability, like you referenced, and just consistency in how we approach every single day? Has this felt more like a return to normalcy? It felt like because I was mentioning it with Brandon, and, and we'll hear from him in a little bit, but. To me, like, that was kind of the, one of the big aspects that we talked about, how, you know, it felt like he finally got to have a real offseason. Right. He got to, you know, it, as, you, as he mentioned as well, COVID just impacted everything. But for you, has this felt like more of a return to – kind of the normal rhythms of that you used to have an offseason. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just, you know, purely the months of when you're starting things. I mean, last year, Summer League was happening in August, and everyone, I kept saying all summer, we got August back because you're putting so much time, you know, when the season's over, that June, July time frame of, you know, draft and free agency and Summer League, and then August is a time to actually kind of be able to decompress a little bit uh, so they can rev the engines up back, you know, in September and here, you know, about to turn into October. So definitely normalcy. Who knows what the rules and regulations will be, you know, uh, throughout the season. In, but it just allows you to have that quality of life balance, you know, when to get a break but also when to dive into your summer programs. I, I wanted to discuss, because you mentioned the nature of the West, and from your times as the assistant, you know, a lot of it was still kind of the super team era. And now it feels like we're kind of transitioning out of that. From your perspective, does it feel that way? Does it feel like, okay, yes, as you mentioned, teams with a lot of depth and whatnot, but, you know, when you look back at last season, you realize – your team is probably a game away from playing from the Western Conference Finals. And God knows, I mean, the team that ends up holding the balls, the, the team that knocked you out. Does that, does that feel the same to you? Like as a coach, I, I'm curious. Yeah, I think the, you know, the era of the super team and the big three was a while ago. I think we're transitioning into a new era where obviously there's going to be the superstar players uh, throughout the league. I mean, you just see so much young talent coming into the NBA, more so than you had probably in you know, the last decade. Uh, but then depth is definitely something we talk about internally. But when you look at the Western Conference, yeah, you're going to have your star players. But how are they building those teams around the star player? Uh, knowing that when you do get to the playoffs and the deeper rounds, 
the versatility you got to have on the offensive side from a playmaking standpoint or defensively teams are switching more and maybe they're playing big and able to switch or they're playing small and able to switch um, so I just look at teams are building you know whether it's youth movements or more veteran movements the depth that they have not just in their starting unit but the depth you know one through ten one through twelve just makes it that much harder to win a given game or a given series when you get to the end so definitely see a transition uh, but you know at the end of the day you've definitely got to have the talent the star you know caliber talent to build around and I think we're doing a phenomenal job with our core as a coach when you see the team that knocked you out that that's the team that goes on to win it I, I'd mentioned this with Brandon and I'm, I'm curious is we couldn't really determine like does that make you feel good like in the sense of like okay well they had to beat us first to get there but at the same time does does that like leave you going like God, we, we were really close. Maybe we didn't realize. Like, how does that impact? You? Yeah, you can go a lot of different directions with that. You can be happy that you lost to the champions. You can be pissed that you lost to the champions. So I look at it at both angles. You know, there was definitely knowing that we were that close against a team that ultimately, you know, uh, lifted the Larry O'Brien trophy, but also disappointed in knowing that, man, there were so many things within our control. Uh, that we could have done, you know, to really continue to cap off a special season. But, you know, when we take a step back and look at it, there were so many great things, you know, accomplished, but it wasn't our time. You know, we, we didn't do enough to, to really take that next step. And, you know, we can take a lot from that Golden State series since they did win, knowing that we were that close. What can we do offensively, defensively, not just to play Golden State, but to play at that level uh, when the games are that much, much more heightened? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because – I feel like one of the, the hallmarks of the whole super team, big three, however you want to define that era, was this expectation of, like, it's championship now. And it's almost like we lost the history of teams in the NBA that had to get over the hump and had to consistently, you know, the thing that struck me watching the last dance with Michael Jordan was, you know, they had to beat the Pistons and then eventually got to beat the Lakers and then this consistent building. From you, is there a formula? Like, how do you build that? Because, like, at a certain point there's – an experience factor of your guys have to go through it. You have to go through it. But how, how do you kind of approach it? Ooh, that's a that's a phenomenal question because I, I definitely think uh, you know this league is built on winning a championship this year. You know that, that that's what everyone expects, right? But for us, how we're built is we want to win championships plural, um, and we know that we don't want that to be a short-lived window. Obviously, we're fortunate the core of our team is still young by age, but I think is you know pretty experienced as well in just three years with our playoff experiences and even the playing tournament that just that hardens uh, so much learning for the for this group. So knowing our core group is probably the biggest thing in that process understand that if we're going to open up a window that's hopefully going to be a really long window uh, to have a chance at you know going to a championship multiple times uh, that's the first step and I think that's been an unbelievable process working with Zach identifying who we're drafting trading signing all that who we're keeping we have to make difficult decisions of course that's what motivates us every single day knowing that this isn't just chasing one championship and being done and and having some kind of satisfaction we want to be motivated every single year and giving us that opportunity so knowing last year was a close opportunity for sure that's only motivating going to this offseason with personnel decisions but also for me as a coach how am I going to coach this team a little bit differently knowing that they are experienced but we have more to do um, to take that next step uh, in our process so uh, that's kind of how we look at it that's our big picture vision and, and we're not going to stray away from it because we don't want to be chasing short-term gains when we have a lot of great opportunities in the long term I'm curious because you mentioned you know the opportunities for experience and the, and the hardening aspect whether it be the first play-in game mm -hmm. uh, against the Blazers or it be you know, the two play-in games last year and then going into the Utah series. For me, as an observer, it just felt really different when everyone got in the building against the Timberwolves in that series. And then obviously the Warrior series, the intensity and whatnot. 
from your perspective, did it feel different? Like, was that, you know, I couldn't tell if it was an expectation thing. I couldn't tell. It just, to me, it felt like the intensity was different. Did it, did it feel like that to you and your staff? Yeah, I think there's a couple of different angles to that. One is, you know, we were able to pack the house. Yes. <laughs> I think when we played Utah, we were still on some restrictions so we can have all of our great fans in the building. But, you know, you cap off a 56-win season, you know, uh, you win the division first time in history. You tie, I think, the best record in Grizzlies history. Um, that's going to naturally set expectations. And not that it put pressure on you, but you're always going, like, how are we going to cap off this season? One game at a time. No, we were going up ex against an extremely difficult opponent, even though that they were the seven seed and we were the two seed. You got to throw that stuff out the window. So I think you just know that, you know, you become more of the hunted, you know, based off of your regular season performances and year after year, you know, how you're building. So definitely different than two years ago when we went through the playing tournament and got to Utah. Uh, but, you know, that was huge for us to know that we were the hunted and how we were ha having to overcome that. And then you go to Golden State, two versus three, throw it out the window. They're the championship, you know, experience team, and we're still the up-and-coming team. Um, but you just got to put your own expectations out there. How are you playing your best basketball when you need your best basketball? How was that for you when you – you know, because I've always thought whether you're coaching 12-year-old baseball or, or you're coaching at the highest level, you always want the underdog. Being coaching the underdogs just to me a lot easier because it's a lot. You know what I mean? There's there's not that expectation. But when you get into the Golden State series and then you start seeing how they're talking about your team, and, and to me the thing that just really stood out was like, oh, they are they're making this a a real thing. Mm -hmm. And for you, is that a surreal experience to go from? I mean, obviously, I, I know you you know Steve Kerr on a on a certain level, but like, when you get into that position and they're talking about your team in that way, does that does that become surreal for you? Like, what's the, what's the reaction? Yeah, and I never try to take it as something like, wow, we've arrived yeah. or we've reached this moment, all that stuff. You haven't accomplished anything until you're hosting the, the hoisting that trophy. Uh, at the end of the day, that's how I'm motivated. That's how our team's motivated. That's how our leadership is motivated. Uh, but you get into that moment, you understand, you know, obviously the, the, the tough matchup that was the Timberwolves, and then you do, you know, win your first playoff series. That was a huge milestone for this young core and for myself. But then going up against a team that's won the championship at that point three different times. You know, they go on to win their fourth this year. So I think that's a moment that you got to take you know as a learning opportunity we're going up against guys that have done it at this level consistently how do we want to be there we're going to do it our way we're not doing it any other team's way but understand that this team has consistently been a higher performer for years after years after years within this last decade you know hopefully it's our turn very soon and we just got to learn from this you know win or lose uh to get better each season what does a successful training camp in year four look like for you like if if, if i sit here and say when you get to you know the second week in october you had a good training camp. What would that? What do you think you would like to have seen? Yeah, no, I think um, you know there's a diligence in making sure we're healthy. You know, obviously we want to come out of that. There's so much that we need to install for sure. But I think it's really just continuing to understand how our guys grasp our system. You know, quicker. You know that that corporate knowledge that you want to talk about, so that we can get to some higher level stuff that we've been trying to you know accomplish the last couple of years. And the playoffs are going to reveal that. You know, where we've got to spend a little bit more time on earlier in the season than later in the season. So. I think it's kind of the speed at which we can get to the next layers of, you know, our ins installation offensively, defensively, special situations, you know, maintaining good health. And then, you know, when it's all said and done at the end of the preseason, you know, mid-October, October 19th, right around the corner is are we, are we playing with a good groove? You know, we're not going to be playing our best basketball. I don't think any team's going to be playing their best basketball. But are we playing with a good groove, have good chemistry so that we know when we step on the floor we're, we're striving to play our best basketball day one and carry that through 82 games? For you, how big of a – how big of a – I guess task is it to sit here and go, okay, I know I'm going to start the season without Jaron, 
what am I going to do at that spot? How, how big of a decision is that for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, if we don't have Jaron to start, I mean, obviously the, the classic line, you're not going to fill it, right? No one's going to replace him. No one's going to fill his shoes. Um, but we've been down this road before, not just in Jaron's case, but, you know, if, you know, Jaws miss games, DBs miss games, you know, other guys have missed games, we just rely on our depth. You know, it, it's about the culture we've built here. Everyone understands they can have an impact on winning if they do things the right way and how they work and how they play and uh, they invest in their own individual development for the betterment of the team. And, um, and then we always have guys stay ready. You know, I, I challenged them that this morning. I said, just remember one of the greatest strengths that we have is we're very deep and more often than not, 10 guys are going to be in the rotation. But when you're out, are you doing everything possible to step in and help us win games? And I, I reference that because that's what we've had to do the last couple of years. So uh, we've got a lot of great, you know, players that could step in if Jaron's going to be out, starting role, backup role, a lot of different combinations we can explore. That's what we just got to figure out. And that's a great challenge as a coach. Taylor, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks a lot for the time, guys. Appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.